Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast live from the studio apartment. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined remotely by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, from your isolation. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. I can see the stars at night now. <laughs> yeah? I was on the In phone to sense? my. Yeah, I was on like, a literal sense. But before, oh, right. when you looked up out of the out of my balcony to the sky at nighttime, you just saw this like orangey, purpley glow, and nothing, mm. and pl- planes, a lot of planes. Yeah. I live near the city. I can see sort of you know the the HSBC building in the city of London from from my flat. That doesn't that doesn't. It's not because I'm fancy. It's just I have to lean out of the balcony precariously so and then i can see it to the left but the uh yeah i think it's the fact that there's no planes going around anymore so there's no air pollution there's no air pollution so i can see the stars at night it is a bit like mother nature has taken a big old breath after (laughs) you know 40 years of us riding her pretty hard oh yeah it's nice how about (laughs) you what have you been up to your little cheeky smile there to be like do you, do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm saying we've been, uh, you know, having sex with the earth. <laughs> I said this to my wife, not that exact words, but um, we've we've been uh, watching Game of Thrones season two um, because we're on the, you know, we're on the pulse of pop culture. We have uh, started this after me attempting to watch the first season three years ago. So really are like on the on the cusp of all this pop culture goings on. And I said that my the funniest thing for me about Game of Thrones is every single conversation, like every line in every conversation could end with, if you catch my drifts. <laughs> it's like in EastEnders, where every conversation has to end with someone looking off to the left as if they just remembered they, they left the oven on. <laughs> It's like every conversation is like, yes, I believe that the Targaryens have some family issues, if you see what I mean. Dot, dot, dot. They're dot. all having <laughs> sex with their brothers and sisters. Um, oh, well, actually, we had a very interesting email in on um, uh, today, and it really caught my eye because it was called from Andy, and it says, Raw Podcast Review. It says, hello, Luke. Hope you're doing well in these uncertain times. Whilst I thoroughly appreciate yours and Ollie's efforts, I have to say I was disappointed with the Raw Podcast this week. Well, just stop doing them then, shall we? <laughs> he says, I was very excited to get a special podcast not containing any wrestling, but damn it, WWE put on a wrestling <laughs> show that had to be reviewed. Hopefully in a few weeks they won't have a show and it will just be an hour-long intro and outro. Take care and many thanks to you and the team for your consistent consistency. Much love, Andrew. That was an emotional roller coaster right there. I was defensive, <laughs> I was prepped, but actually, it was a nice one. It was a nice email. That was very, very lovely. Uh, what time is it? Oh, we've got time. Should we, uh, should we get into the show itself? Let's and then get we'll do into our the outro. show, yeah. Yes, because we're going to be talking about Brody Lee, who made his official debut, I suppose you could say, an in-ring debut, and he's got a new character that could be Vince McMahon-inspired. Here is the show. 
thing we most both want to talk about, I guess, apart from the Matt Hardy stuff, is our first real look at Brody Lee and how he his character is. You know, this is the kind of the first time we've ever really seen Luke Harper speak. Like, speak, mm. but we got a little bit of it last week, but this is now his new gimmick, the Exalted One character, and I'm I'm really, really intrigued by it. It's not like totally yeah. won me over, but I what we saw here is not what I expected, but I am, you know, I'm super excited to see where it goes. I mean, to echo a super chat we had last week, it would have been better with a southern accent. But, you know, I think that what they did was actually quite effective. It was really cool. So it was this like, you, you said in your review, and I think you put it quite well, it's like a mob boss. You know, this whole Dark Order thing has been very cultish, but this was very different to that this was like you know a mob boss in an italian gangster movie just sitting there with his big steak at dinner that he's got with alex reynolds and john silver sitting there looking very very sort of scared while Brody lee is just talking about you know what the the dark order is and what the dark order means and what it means to be part of that dark order and how we're the lions and you know the aew is the prey so you know really i really enjoyed the the promo and then one of them i don't know which one it was tried to eat his steak before Brody Lee had finished his and so he suddenly was like you don't get to eat until I've finished mine like you don't get to eat until daddy's fed sort of thing and then uh, he throws that guy out comes in to say the other one was like you wait there until I have finished my meal and I was like Brody you're taking ages to eat that steak mate hurry up <laughs> and uh, then the other one did a sneeze mm. and the sneeze triggered something in Brody Lee and he also threw him out and sort of sat there and went back to his steak meal and I don't think that it is out there to say that it is likely a Vince McMahon reference yeah it's uh, yeah because Vince McMahon famously hates uh sneezing or anyone getting ill around him very ironic then given the current times we're living through but sneezing <laughs> in particular because he seems to be a control freak and sneezing is a sort of involuntary response that you have no control over so he hates it he's got like this sign of sort of pathological obsession against sneezing uh, he's he's been said to stop pushing people or completely stop listening to their ideas just because they sneezed in front of him how crazy yeah. is that it's a Paul Heyman story on Steve Austin's old podcast where he said that he was planning out this, like he was pitching McMahon, the, his sort of vision for SmackDown. And so he had this big six month story that he'd been preparing. And he was like telling Vince about this six month long story that he wanted to do. And McMahon was really enraptured and was really into this until he sneezed. And then he just sort of like stopped him and just sort of like fell into himself. And Heyman said, like, are you OK? And he's like, I, I hate sneezing. I hate sneezing. And Heyman's like, and I lost him. I completely lost him. We never did that story. Mm. That was a six month, like that was a big story that they had planned. It was like, nope, lost him. All down to one sneeze. Yeah, and it's it's definitely, you know, it's such a, the steak as well. Apparently Vince McMahon's always eating steak. Uh, I've never heard a story about him not letting other people start their food until after they're finished. I think that's just no, more of so. a cool power play thing taken from other archetypes of this kind of cult leader mob boss character but yeah the the parallels are definitely there and vince mcmahon really i really noticed it this episode how aew is a new exciting thing but it is kind of so influenced by vince mcmahon mm. vince mcmahon yeah, yeah, totally. is, is very very sort of responsible for the style of AEW because it is a direct reaction to him and that they keep, you know, AEW's vice presidents keep saying it's not against WWE or it's not against Vince McMahon, but they they cannot help themselves by bringing it up and basing characters off it. Look at being the elite from the last several years. That's their whole shtick. And here, we, I, I really do believe Brody Lee has lived through Four or five years of Vince McMahon telling him he's not the, the right sort of guy to push and get those main event positions when we all think he is deserving of that. And he's used that to inform his interpretation of the Exalted One for the Dark Order. It's fascinating. Do you know what it reminded me of? Um, not in obviously the same vein, and I'm not saying that these two are completely uh, comparable, but it was Steve Austin in ECW. 
Steve Austin's whole deal when he like was fired uh, by WCW and he went to ECW and just exclusively cut promos as people working for WCW. He cut promos as Eric Bischoff. He cut promos as Hulk Hogan. He cut promos as Ric Flair of being these people that were holding him back and not letting him be the guy that he wants to be. And I've got to think... Brody Lee was inspired by that sort of thing. So it feels very much like that. He has taken the, and you say five years, but it's more like probably 10 plus, mm. you know, of just being like, you know, in this company being like, okay, yeah, you are a, no, you're probably right. It's not probably 10 plus, is it? Probably is more sort of like five, six, seven. Of being like, you don't have the right voice. You don't have the right um look for me you don't have the right style why can't you do a southern accent you are nothing but a tag team guy and he's just sort of like using all of this to now be like i'm the leader of this faction and yeah the 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 actions that this one man has done you know which was directly referenced in last week's promo when he said you're not the you're not the first out of touch old man to tell me that i'm not worthwhile or to you know to to think i'm not worth it and think i'm not real and or believe me it was what he used and I think that he is using his, yeah, his interactions with Vince over the years to fuel this character that is sort of, I, I think, possibly inspired by Austin's work in ECW. Where it will get very interesting and potentially might not work is this is, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like Brody has come up with this character based on his own experiences with Vince McMahon. That is a separate thing. Maybe he's wanted to do that for a while. And AEW have been like, well, we've got this Dark Order thing going on. The original plan was never for Brody to be the leader. It was for Marty Skrull. And they built the Dark Order faction around that tone, around the, the idea with that finish, that payoff in mind. And now, I, you know, my, my suspicion is that Brody Lee said, well, I've got this character... And that means there has been some retroactive meshing of the two. I don't know if yeah. one's been compromised for the other yet, but I can't see this mob boss style Brody really staying that cool mob bossy style if they're going to go full Dark Order with what I thought Dark Order was before Brody turned up. So yeah, yeah I, I think out of the great. two, I think I think Brody's new character will impose more of itself on what the Dark Order has already established itself to be rather than the Dark Order starting to infect Brody's character representation. Well, you know what? The Dark Order needed another refresh. Like, you know, it needed another reboot. Mm. I think if there's one group in, in AEW that, you know, needs another reboot, it's probably, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm being facetious, but, you know, they debuted as a completely different team, you know, uh, back at Double or Nothing, then had this new refresh as this cult type thing. And perhaps, yeah, this is another refresh of the group where it's now the sort of mob boss mentality. But I don't know if that then translated into the match because the match very much felt like exalted one Brody Lee. You know, he was there and he had sort of the, the white cloak thing on and he was sort of like i loved the way he sort of stared into the camera like he was always looking at the hard cam yeah. and i'm perhaps i'm writing my own thing onto this i like to think and i'd like to pick uh, Brody lee's brains about this but it's almost like he's looking at vince to say this is what i could have done mm. because he is looking to you know he is looking past the audience he is looking into the hard camera he's looking to tell the audience something so I think that is very, very interesting. I thought the actual squash match against QT Marshall, who was who was excellent, I thought in the way he sold everything. Uh, yeah, I I I loved this match. It wasn't you know it was, all it was was a squash match, but man, this is what I want squash matches to be. I want it to be the greatest hits of your best moves to get yeah. over those moves. So when I see a longer match, I I, I really pop for them when they pop up essentially mm. that brain buster was awesome i love his black hole slam i love that yep. big boot that started off the match but oh my god the sister abigail into it's very it's very contrived you the, the, this isn't you know some people say well the perfect finisher is one you can hit on anyone from out of anywhere you think rko you think stone cold stunner this requires you to not only have ropes but for you to throw them into them after they essentially lay limp in your arms for a bit and then you do a nice twirly spin and you close <laughs> on them. But I don't care because he's so big and he's he's got that sort of presence about him. 
that I, I, I can suspend my disbelief long enough to, 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 to accept that and make it okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can buy into it. I I, I quite enjoyed it actually. I really enjoyed the the the, the match itself as a, as a squash match. I thought it was way better than Jake Hager's squash match, um, and it was you know. It, and I think part of that was the way he was staring down <laughs> with this little you know his little hug submission move. But yeah, I think it is the way that Lee was sort of staring down the barrel of the hard cam. I thought that was a really really effective thing, and I'll be curious to see how that translates into AEW television when fans return, when Chris Jericho allows fans back into the arena. Hmm. Uh, so just one more thing on the mob boss thing. I-, I wanted to ask you this question because you are far more au fair with the sort of horror genre in movies. Oh, right, yeah. And the- Brody's character there did seem a bit like a very charismatic cult leader, so it's- mm-hmm. but teetering on the edge of a mob boss. Uh, and I was curious if if there's any sort of precedent for characters like that in in cult-like movies. Maybe there's one that's staring me in the face that I'm just not thinking of, but I can't really think of one because usually when you get to horror-type sort of like... When you get into sort of horror tropes of sort of that family mentality, it's usually like, you know, exploitation where it's just like they're in mm. reds and, you know, there's just like the the, the the parental figure at the top of it, the, the patriarchal uh, figure. I mean, even like um, uh, Kevin Smith's Red State, which, you know, is sort of like a parody of the Phelps family, he was still, you know, just like, it, they kind of treated it as that he wasn't a mob boss thing. So, yeah, I, maybe there is one staring me in the face. I'd be interested to, to let people know in the chats if, uh, you know, if I have clearly missed one. Sid Guernsey has just said uh, Charles Manson's old cult interviews. I've seen some of those. I, I, w- I wouldn't. I would say you know, apart from the big bushy beard, I wouldn't say that that's actually much like that. But yeah, I, I'm. I am very, very interested in it. I, I, I. He grabbed me. I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, let's I think see. The, what, on the oh. sorry, on the on the Charles Manson thing, I think there is a. Someone said it in the chat earlier. I think before the stream even started, that apparently Charles Manson had a thing where he wouldn't let people a- eat until he had done. Oh. So apparently there is a, someone has said um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I don't quite agree with that one because that, that's very much exploitation. Maybe that's purely because the 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 family dinner table, you know mm. that famous yeah. scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, right, so let's go through a few of your super chats to see what you guys think. Remember, we love those YouTube super chats. Get them in. If you want to help us out even more, support Wrestle Talk and all that, go to the link in the video description below, our Streamlabs link, because you can put your super chat there essentially, and we get a hundred percent of that lovely pledge rather than just seventy percent because YouTube takes a thirty percent cut. A bit like Jobber JJ, who has donated to say a very good episode of AEW. Omega versus Sammy was absolutely incredible, and the final segment between Jericho and Broken Matt Hardy was awesome. I'm so into Brody Lee as the exalted one. Don't think Mox and Hager would work, uh, but what a fight it can be. AEW low four out of five. Oh, interesting. Are there, are there any more from there, or should I carry on? Nope, that it? is just it for now. <laughs> well, cheers, JJ. Uh, Nate drops surname, says, I can't wait for Brody Lee to ridicule someone in a horrible southern accent. LOL. That is bound to happen. Bound yeah. to happen. Matthew Robinson, love how dominant they are making Brody Lee look. Yeah. Mm. I did, it, he looked, you can say, I guess you could criticize the segment, but one thing you cannot lambast it for is yeah, he looked awesome. He looked so strong. He looked, yeah, so really excited. Marco Talent 12. I love the way he steps through on a big boot. Like, it is like, it's not just a big boot. He sort of like just, he puts his foot up and then essentially just steps you down. And like his other leg goes down as well to really step it through. I think it's really cool. Marco Talon 12. If you want to play a crazy boss, why not copy your old crazy boss? (laughs) Hey, you know what? When you're right, you're right. Forged by gaming. Alpha male lions eat before their pride. Oh, and he did say, you know, about being lions and things like that. So, okay, there you go. Interesting. I love Although that. I do believe, I do believe actually the person who created the uh, term alpha male then did research to say that alpha males are not real. Oh, uh, but the, the idea of the lions doing that, the Manson stuff, a lot of thought and detail has gone into this. The, 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 there's multiple layers. And of course, the Vince McMahon specter in the background, really well done stuff. Uh, Pavi let Andy out of his cage. I still don't like Brody Lee's wrestling gear. That gear looks like it was a Minions. I think he should have come out in a suit and wrestled in it. Ooh. Ooh no, I don't get out. I'm not with that one, Pavi. I'm sorry. I I really like his entrance attire. I love the white mm. uh, cloak and hood thing. Um, I don't mind the 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 ring gear. It's it's just a different ring gear. Like he couldn't have wrestled in jeans and the dirty top again because that was a different character. So I think it's just a case of getting used to, uh, you know, new gear for for Brody Lee. We've seen that you know him wear the same gear effectively for the past however many years. But really, like it's not too dissimilar to what he was wearing when he was the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, I forgot about that. That part of that. Oh my god, I forgot that was even a thing. Uh, but definitely not a suit. I, I don't think no. that's the way to do it. We we saw that how that's gone down with Jack Gallagher and, and Baron Corbin. It's, yeah. it's, it doesn't work in the long run. Um, it reminds we... me of, so it reminds me of uh, back in the old day on SmackDown. Uh, I think it was SmackDown 2, Know Your Role, but it might have been the original SmackDown. I'm pretty sure it was SmackDown 2, Know Your Role, where I went on sort of like a creative, uh, you know, create a character spree because I had a board Sunday. And I created Tony Blair as a character because he was our <laughs> prime minister at the time. And yeah, men, you know, wrestlers in suits did not really look as cool as him wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right, so the episode opened with Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and Tony Schiavone on commentary. Um, them stepping in for Taz and Excalibur. Jim Ross is being kept at home, uh, which is wise. Yeah, don't fly these people in and just keep it as minimal amount of people as possible. If wrestlers can double up as commentators, great. Yeah, do it that yeah. way. Don't know why Dasher was there in the background. 
Well, yeah, I think she was there to do the uh, the interviews that were probably going to be on Dark or something. And it very much felt like the, you know, because last week you had all the wrestlers around ringside. Um, this time you had them sort of backstage instead that they sort of kept cutting to quite awkwardly, I would argue. But I felt I felt like they were also pumping the audio from that as well to kind of give the 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 feeling that there were people around ringside mm. it wasn't as effective as it was last week but i wonder if that's a case of that you just you couldn't have had that many people in the same with social distancing and everything you couldn't have that many people sat around so they just instead did it into you know a smaller room with five people there or you know three or four people as opposed to having 20 people around ringside I think that's definitely the case and it's understandable as well because last week's worked very well uh, this week's didn't. So, you know, why would you change it unless you had to? And that was present throughout the card as well, because we didn't get any of the multi-man matches. There was no Lumberjack match. War Games had already been announced as not being on. I've just realised that I'm actually wearing my, my pyjama top. Let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot to brush my teeth yesterday. <gasps> oh, no. And if you go oh, back mate. and watch the video... Um, a lot of people are like, why is your tongue orange? And it's because I had sprayed the turmeric spray in there. <laughs> WFH. WFH is my true wrestling oh, federation. WFH. 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 Um, sorry, but to, to get back to that, I just, yeah, sorry, I just popped into my head when I was touching my own shirt. Uh, yeah, no lumberjack match either. Um, but the first match was Cody Rhodes versus Jimmy Havoc. And yeah. Yeah. Really good stuff. I really, really enjoyed this. This was again just, you know, Cody going out there to make one of the, you know, a, a mid card, lower mid card guy look really, really good. And he succeeded in doing so. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it was it was cute. Like, because Brandy's out there as the ring announcer. She did the ring announcing and then Cody then kissed her. And then uh, midway through the match, he did the taking off the weight belt threw it to Brandy, and Brandy caught it. She just went, yeah. <laughs> but you could hear it. I just, yeah. I just It was a really nice, lovely, organic moment. Um, there were yeah, some really was nice sweet. spots in this. Jimmy beating Cody up to the entrance ramps with that hardcore style and putting on the commentary headset and saying, well, I'm on commentary now. I love that. And also, Jimmy caught Cody's springboard cutter in this seamless armbar. I love that. Yeah. It was really, really good stuff. Cody did the uh, the great Muta big running clothesline, like runs to the back and then runs all the way out to, to clothesline and back into the ring. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, it was a really great showing for Jimmy. We had a reverse suplex off the top rope and then two crossroads. You know, make sure you hit the second one to get the win. I thought it was a, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing I would have changed, actually, and that's for, for all the longish matches on this card, I would have cut it by about three to five minutes. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, d I did find myself thinking, I'm I'm really liking the in ring wrestling here. Uh, I loved it last week, and I thought, wow, they've solved it. But I actually think maybe the novelty has worn off a bit. For for me, I don't know mm. if that's for everyone. So I think okay. you should. I, I overall, and don't hate me, AEW fans. I still get accused of some form of bias. I <laughs> thought. I thought Monday Night Raw was the best, was the better wrestling show this week. I think interesting. Mi I think mix it up with promos and film those promos in a different way. Uh, AEW still stuck to that. We have to do it in the ring, which I think you know it, it exposes the fact that there aren't fans there. It makes it feel weird. Whereas WWE took a concerted effort to do it on the ramp or do it over here. Here's some chairs. You know, it's really, really well done. And yeah, I think. Play some old matches. You'd show me mm. a time where there were fans. <laughs> You've got enough yeah. really good bouts to do that with. Well, I think that we're going to get to that point for Dynamite soon, particularly if you know more heavy restrictions come in. Because from what I gather, they aren't taping stuff. Like WWE are currently taping stuff. So yeah, you are going to get to a point where you can't do this anymore. And I mean, I'm, I am going to disagree with you so I can get my own AEW bias. Um, if you're not going to get it this time, I'll, I'll try and get it. Um, and I, I actually prefer, you know, the longer matches that we got. I really enjoyed the Cody, uh, this match and the, the Triple Aiden match we got later on. 
and and it was because it was you know really given some time and the, you know they didn't rely on any archive footage they were trying to present new footage and i, I really appreciate it and i really enjoyed that um but you're right i think that what raw did was you know the sort of the mixing up of it i think might have actually worked better i think it was you know quite effective but that's not to say that i did not enjoy this um mm-hmm. i in fact you know i would say that i enjoyed this and i enjoyed the triple a match way more than i enjoyed the main event segment yeah um sorry everyone i would say everyone hit refresh because we're definitely still streaming just seen a few people be like where where's what's crashed um but yes no. Uh, we are still, to our knowledge, we are still streaming live. Very, yeah, according to this, we are still streaming. So yeah, after that, we looking got up at the stream, and we are still going. We got Jake the Snake Roberts appearing on the Tron. I'll uh, I'll defer to you for this. Uh, yeah, so uh, Jake said that he was cutting his FOMO by uh, a, a campfire of sorts, uh, and said that AEW was delivered on everything that it promised, but I never got a phone call, man. And neither did Lance Archer. And the reason why Lance Archer didn't is because AEW are afraid of him. Uh, And Jake has just said, you know, I want something to sign. And then ended off with his classic catchphrase of, do you trust me? Trust Mm. me. Which I really enjoyed. That was cool. And it cuts back to uh, Tony Schiavani. He's just with Cody on his own. And Cody's all fired up because of Jake's promo. um, Saying that, hey, you know, we've seen, seen him prove himself in New Japan. But has he proved himself in the U.S.? Um, so yeah, I thought it was some really good stuff in this, and it felt like actually that Jake's promo fired Cody up to the the point where he sent, he effectively gave Lance the match that he wanted. So I think it was almost like Jake's mind tricks worked. Yeah, I I, I listened to Meltzer's thoughts on this, and he said, well, it, it, Cody came across a bit like a heel trying to dodge the match. I completely disagree. I I think Cody, you know, you can't have everyone come in and say, well, I want to fight with you. He'd be like, no, 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 you've got to work your way up. You can't just come in and pick a fight with me. So I actually really liked it. And yeah, Cody said all this on commentary. And then he said, Archer is going to debut in the ring next week. Here's a spoiler. Mm. So yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, then we got a Darby Allen short film, black and white, where he had various masks of the inner circle, put them on a, a table and set it on fire. And just he loves setting things on fire. Mm. That is what he likes to do. If I went to a party and you know, like a house party, and Darby Allen was there, I would only hang around for an hour and then leave. <laughs> that, that's not me saying I don't like him. I've I I've really gotten on board with him since uh full not full gear. Christ, what was Revolution. it? Revolution. Revolution in February. I it completely won me over. I finally understand what everyone sees in him. But he, you know, he's he scares me. His idea, yeah. his idea of fun is not mine. Mm. Wait, <laughs> I, what? Skateboarding? I don't want to see him, you know, pierce someone's <laughs> eyelid. You know, I, I feel like that's what he does in his spare time for laughs and lols. I thought it was really cool. And what I liked about it, in fact, what I really loved about this is that no one else is cutting promos like it mm. in AEW. So they feel very unique to him in the same way that like Jake the Snake's promo felt very unique to him sort of sat by that uh, sort of campfire thing. So yeah, so I, I really, really like this stuff that that, um, that Darby Allen is doing. Um, and yeah, I like that he called uh, uh, Kip Sabian a sacrifice for the inner circle. Yeah, that was really nice because that then led into the match between Darby Allen and Kip Sabian, which again was really, really good, good wrestling. Yeah, really good. I, again, I think it should have gone a bit shorter, um, but the Cody was really good on commentary at putting over both guys. Did re- mm. really nice stuff, and yeah, and and Darby debuted. Is was it a debut in the new? I movie? believe it was. Yes, yeah, the Last Supper. I like it. It's kind of like a reverse sharpshooter into a pin leg lock thing. Yeah. And it protects Kip because he's like, whoa, I was just tangled up in this. I've never seen this move before. It's not like he was beaten. It's just he couldn't kick out. So, yeah, yeah, I I thought that was a really solid finish. And, um, yeah, you know, Kip was on top all the way up Mm. until that point as well, up until the finish. But you're right, I really enjoyed Cody. I thought it was great on commentary, sort of about how he's been in the ring with both guys and how Darby is a counter-wrestler. And then throughout the match, when Cody was proven right on his points, he'd be like, counter-wrestler. You see, that's the sort of thing you've got to look, watch out for with Darby Allen when Darby was doing all of his counters. And how, but he said that Kip Sabian is the man I've struggled with the most in ring. 
but not you know he was the guy that I couldn't quite work out. I managed you know I managed to beat him, but could, it took me a little while to figure out how to do so. And you had lots of interference from Penelope Ford on the outside. Um, no women's match on this show uh, it should be noted for quite the stacked card that it was. Um, but yeah, I thought this was uh, decent stuff. I, I quite enjoyed it. I'm a big big fan of Darby Allen, and I really like Kip Sabian. I, it made me think in this match that maybe 30 years from now, <clears throat> my my perfect commentary team is a three-man booth, Excalibur, <sighs> Excalibur's lead play-by-play, and he's, you know, he's got a mask on, you won't see how old he is, Vince. And then you've got Cody as the babyface commentator and Jericho as the heel commentator. <laughs> maybe 30 is wrong fun, yeah. because that would make Jericho 80. But I think... I think all three of them are, are so, so good. Yeah, no, that's, that's a lot of fun, actually, yeah. Uh, way more fun than um, what came next, which was um, Jake Hager versus Chico Adams in a very quick squash match. I've just written here, Jake wins, cuddle lock. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't have the impact that Brody's did, which was the following match to this. Uh, putting two squash matches back-to-back, a bit, you know, that's bad scheduling as well. I really like the video package they made for Hager, though. That was cool. Yeah, um, really all, like that. All of his power spots over the eight months or whatever it's been since AEW launched and he debuted on that premiere episode and also some MMA bits from Bellator it, it made me I, I forgot how impressive he has been made to look and when you do yeah. when you put alongside the power bombs off the stage slamming Dustin's wrist into the car door all the MMA fights that you're like damn yeah Hager's putting- dangerous and putting him over as undefeated in MMA and undefeated in AEW, like really sort of builds this sort of nice streak around it, really, mm. which then is, you know, is being done on purpose because it looks like he's the next challenger for John Moxley because Moxley comes out, you know, after this match and hits a paradigm shift on him. Um, but uh, Hager just instantly grabs the angle and they were very quick to point out in commentary, no one gets up from the paradigm shift, but Hager got up. And Hager gets him into the ankle lock, but Moxley escapes that, tries to hit him with the belt, and eventually they walk away. And Moxley cut this really cool backstage promo where he's, uh, he's clear to wrestle, he's out for blood. Uh, they will clash over the title, the title will be on the line, and he'll send him out on a stretcher or die trying. I thought a lot of this was very, very cool, but I do think Moxley versus Hager is quite a disappointing first program for John Moxley having won the title. I, I, I know what you mean. Um, I I don't really mind because I think it's it's literally that's that's a that's a main event in two weeks time of dynamite in a well you know in our previous world and existence and in that respect it's more of a stepping stone to another member of the inner circle or mm. a stepping stone to another feud. Um, man, I want to see Brody Lee now. I want to see Brody Lee versus John Moxley, but yeah. I do totally agree that. Moxley doesn't have the momentum right now. And it's not his fault. It's not AEW's fault. Not and it's fault, such no. a shame. And I think the same thing is going to happen to Drew McIntyre, where these guys who have been overlooked uh, for, for a large part of their careers, they finally get the biggest title in their respective companies. But because of the worldwide situation, it's it's a fraction of what it could have been. And yeah, the, the, really there are is. obviously far more severe and serious effects of Steve Carino out there. But just in terms of our little wrestling bubble, it is such a shame that Moxie's first title run, I kind of forget he's champion sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't help that he's not been on the show for a couple of weeks. And I think had, you know, the world been in a different situation, we'd have been reminded, you know, of why he's not been there for the last couple of weeks. But because it's been this sort of empty arena show, it's been sort of highlighted even more. We probably would have noticed it if there were fans there. Um, But yeah, with the fact that there are no fans, it has highlighted more that he has missed the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we'll we'll see where we go from there. But, I mean, I hope you're right that this is a Dynamite feud and not, you know, our double or nothing main events. No, no. Because, I mean, well, you know, they are, you know, they've been pushing Hager as the sort of unstoppable monster. And you've got to think that you, you're going to put all this effort behind someone into being an unstoppable monster. Do you want to just beat them then on Dynamite um, rather than a pay-per-view for the title? Well, double or nothing in a pre-Steve Carino world is two months away. It's in uh, May, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think they, I don't see Mox Hager as lasting two months. I don't think that's the way AEW do things. I think they're smarter than that. I think it's merely a stepping stone to the actual first proper feud. 
Um, I hope you're right. But yeah, but we'll see what happens. Who knows what the original plans were, though? You know, maybe yeah. someone couldn't get to the taping. Uh, maybe it should have been Pentagon. Um, <laughs> to, to be fair, like Pack has a has a very strong case for going for that title. Yeah, I'd really like to to see it be Pack. I think that'd be awesome with um, Death Triangle behind him. We got a recap of the broken Matt Hardy debut, and then a recap of Nick Jackson's injury, sort of a load of War Games context. And then uh, the commentary desk throws to Vanguard One as their uh, East Coast correspondent, and Vanguard flies to the uh, Nick Jackson's house and sees him working out in a garage. And Nick Jackson comes over to the camera. This is all from the POV of Vanguard, and Nick Jackson's like, "What? What's going on?" And then it flies away. Your facial expressions. Maybe give away some of your thoughts, Luke. Yeah, I, 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 I did not like this. Uh, I, I didn't mind this. this. Was, I thought this was goofy, hokey nonsense. And I just think it's a touch silly. And I, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm in the minority on this one. I fully appreciate that. And it's just, it's personally, it's just not for me. That's why it's, it's. I don't think that's controversial. I, I, if if people look at Broken Matt Hardy and genuinely say, "Why doesn't everybody like this?" That that is <laughs> that is insane because it is such a niche gimmick. It is such a you, you know sort of a marmite act where of course some people are gonna hate it, but the people who like it love it. And, you know, I'm not on board with it all of the time. I had, I, I didn't really like the main event at all uh, between Jericho and Hardy. I didn't mind this bit, though. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get to the main event when we get to it. Uh, but before we, we had, get to that, yeah, we've got uh, Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship, which is still a name I get a massive kick out of. Um, and uh, Sammy has, like, signed in the crowd to cheer him on. Um, is he's got Jericho and he's got Brandy Rhodes and he's got what I thought was Captain Kirk. But uh, then yeah. Cody and Tony were de- uh, debating like who it could be. And Cody said, I don't think it's Kirk. And then they were trying to... De- In fact, actually, at one point, they got distracted by just talking about Star Trek captains, <laughs> which is, if you don't listen to AEW Restricted, they I told Ollie he should go and listen to that podcast because, that, that podcast episode, because it is just for a little while, Cody, um, Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone just talking about their favourite Star Trek captains. Mm. Yeah, that's right up my street. Uh, once I'm <laughs> done with the 90s X-Men cartoon series on Disney+, Plus, I might I might hop over to Star Trek, do Next yeah. Gen in its entirety. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this, this match was, was terrific. It went about this 25 awesome. minutes. Yeah, this was absolutely awesome really really good stuff sammy is a heck of a talent Mm. and this is you know this is why they people have said that kenny is one of the best in the world because he's just great the way he moves around the ring his v triggers the knees to the faces in this were just beautifully brutal i thought this was a terrific match yeah yeah really really good um i again cut five minutes off it i i I think it's you but that's my personal taste maybe uh, that's fine if you're against it uh, absolutely but the, the what i really really like about sammy is it's not just that he, he's an amazing wrestler but yeah. he he the way he carries himself i never he loses a lot i think he probably loses 80% of the matches he's in but i'm never yeah. thinking man sammy loses all the time because <laughs> yeah. it's it's not like he's being beaten He's defeating himself because he's arrogant and he's cocky. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, showboating. Totally. Yeah, I, I think he's... <laughs> and it protects him. Right? So I'm not... Yeah, I'm not ever thinking, man, Sammy's rubbish. He's lost so many of his matches. I'm thinking, man, if he just sorts out that cockiness, he could he could yeah. be winning everything. And that was Matt Hardy having a face-to-face with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, very funny, comes out. There's no one to sing Judas for him. So he gets a camera from a camera guy. He points it at the camera guy, and the camera guy sings Judas. Fantastic. Yeah, this was really funny. And then Jericho cuts a promo without a mic, which uh, Kenny and Cody could not stop referencing. They're like, he hasn't got a microphone. 
yeah. uh, but like he just he just did it anyway and then um he you know does what the usual jericho stuff is which is he offers someone a spot in the inner circle and vanguard one flies in so jericho says that vanguard is stupid but i also respect you i'm gonna offer you a place in the inner circle um and yeah he sort of says we can do all this sort of stuff and then vanguard flies away and he starts calling for him to come back you stupid idiot and all this sort of stuff and then matt's I, so i'm gonna let you tell this because i think you've probably got more actually I'll tell you what i'll describe it and then you give your thoughts on this because you might have more to say than i do but matt's music hits and he's in the stands and then he teleports around the arena quite literally he teleports around the arena and then gets into the ring and says uh maker of pain you knew i'd come i'm Mm. magic yes i thought this was stupid yeah i didn't like it either i and and the best example i can think of is orange cassidy orange cassidy works as a character so well because he can he he does his shtick and it doesn't affect the rest of the roster and the performers because they treat it as nothing. You know, when Pac's not selling those super kicks, so the the reality, the rules of AEW remain intact. Maybe not tagging in and out, Lucha Bros, but the, the basic <laughs> rules of reality remain the same. I have no problem with Broken Matt Hardy believing he is a 3,000-year-old essence called Damascus. Because that's a fun character, and he's got a lot of material out of it. Um, and you can take it in two ways. You can you can say, okay, you are this, you know, this three thousand year old vampire, or you can say you're an insane man. You're literally broken. You're broken, Matt Hardy. That's why you believe these things. Just like Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. Like I'm not going. Wow, the Fiend has magical powers, or or Bray is actually talking to you know real life puppets that have, that have their own consciousness no i'm like no bray's gone insane and this is a portal mm. into his mind this isn't our reality this is his so, so what you can't do and this was a lesson that was learned over you know 20 years ago 25 years ago when ultimate warrior appeared in the reflection of hulk hogan's mirror and no one else could see it but hulk hogan and us it, it it exposes wrestling as fake in such an unconvincing, lame way. And this really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter. Because if you're going to do it, do it in front of no fans and... But if they carry on down this path where Matt Hardy can legit teleport, not lights cut out and now he's over here, because I can explain that in my head as Penn and Teller do that. David Mm -hmm. Copperfield does that. It's just mind games. I don't know how they do it, but I know it's not magic. But when the actual broadcast, the actual production of AEW is telling me, oh no, this guy's actually magic. He can actually teleport. I take a huge issue with it because then I feel like an idiot. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought this was very, very silly. And then, and it's, I, I don't think it helps by the fact that I am not on board with the broken, broken hardy stuff. Like I've, it's never really been my cup of tea. I thought it was quite, you know, funny and quirky and cute when they did it in, uh, in TNA. I did not like it at all in WWE and I'm not really enjoying it here now. So I don't think that particularly helps because then he's just like, there's loads of people in this audience. There's Abraham Lincoln. There's Martin Luther King. And I wonder if it's because, it's, it's as you said there, it's like, if this was just Matt Hardy has gone a bit insane and he sees that they're there, then that's one thing. But we also saw that he hears magic. You know, he saw, we literally, and the commentators were like, oh my God, he's teleporting around the ring. Jericho said, how did you do that? So he's either actually a 3,000-year-old vampire or he's lost his mind and he thinks he's a 3,000-year-old vampire. I much prefer the, the 
latter of that mm. and i i mean it's not my cup of tea but at least it makes sense within the world of aew this felt very hokey and silly and i really really did not like this main event segment and that's probably why i thought the matches should have gone longer so it would have been <laughs> less time on this segment it's a shame because they had a, a really interesting central thesis to their pro the, the, the actual promo part move aside the teleportation nonsense and that is Jericho saying, I've known you forever, and I've seen you live through many different characters. And and you could that you could turn that right around on Jericho. Every three, four years he feels like a completely different person. But mm-hmm. Jericho said, there is always the same insecurities beneath all that. Yeah. And that totally. you, know, you live in the shadow of your younger brother. And th- yeah. what, what, a, what a great, real way to sort of, you know, explore these characters over the course of their dec- two decade plus careers and also kind of to explore the concept of identity and, and yeah. how that changes throughout your life. I did, there's so much material there, but they undermined it all by having the guy literally teleport. <laughs> but it wasn't just he teleported. He also created fire. Because when, like, afterwards, the, you know, Jericho, like, they, they get into a bit of a scuffle. Sammy Guevara jumps in to sort of attack him. Kenny and Cody run down from the commentary booth with chairs. And then when the inner circle are escaping, Broken Matt Hardy creates fire out from the stage to scare Jericho and Guevara. He is literally magic. He is creating magic shows. I, I'm, I'm not on board. I don't so much mind the fire because I can explain that. I can explain that within the laws of reality where it is he's paid off a pyro guy or he's like intimidated a pyro guy into doing that for him, right? But what I don't get is an in-camera, shoddily done jump cut and then everyone behaves as if that actually happened. Yeah. I, I, it's freaking amateur hour, guys. And yeah. not having any fans in attendance won't let you off from it. <laughs> Uh, but overall, I thought it was a, a quite a decent little show, not a blowaway episode of, of Dynamites. But like, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought you were fair to give it a three out of five. Um, shall we get on with the rest of these su- su- super chats? Uh, mm. so, I mean, hopefully no more came in. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought so. We could. So North Strider on Vince said, I got more of a Tywin Lannister vibe from Brody, uh, a name that you will notice now that you're in season two of Game of Thrones. Which one's he? Charles Dance's character. Is he been in? I mean, he was in season one, but I don't know if he's been. Se- was he in season one? Uh, yes, he came in at the end to Storm King's Landing. I haven't seen him at all in season two. I think so. Yeah, you know, he's, he's Daddy Lannister. Oh, they they have talked about him, but I've not seen him. Or maybe he comes in later then. Uh, Dwayne Cooley. Jericho's promo on Vanguard 1 was hilarious. I watched it again this morning. It was still hilarious. Don't know why I laughed so hard, but I did. Um, We've also had a a donation come in uh, from uh, Streamlabs from Legacy of Soul that said, Where has Jeff Cobb been in the inner circle? Did I miss something? Stay safe, guy. Cheers. Oh, yeah, good question. I kind of forgot about that. Well, he was never officially part of Inner Circle. Jericho just hired him to be a guy to, you know, soften up Moxley ahead of their revolution match. Um, but, yeah, I, um, I, I don't think they ever said he was officially part of the group. But uh, he yeah, said himself... Yeah, he's definitely not he, you know, officially he part of AEW. No, he, you know, he hasn't quite decided where his future lies yet. Uh, I'll, um, I'll but that would be an this... awesome... I was going to say, Go that would be an awesome... Uh, damn this internet that was gonna that would be an awesome other feud for moxley yeah oh yeah completely agree uh Golostopia said i'm with jericho i don't agree with vanguard's political views <laughs> and Brody trying to recruit as many as possible and throwing them away like vince that's a that's an interesting take on it i don't think they'll go that way but we'll see uh josh de dominic says this is what matt hardy meant by creative freedom mm, creatively undermining everyone else <laughs> Matthew Robinson said, "I could watch Jericho and Broken Matt do promo for uh, promos forever." Thought the Cody and Kenny uh, run-in looked bad. Love you guys from Italy. Oh well, I hope you're staying safe in Italy. Uh, I, mm. I, the Jericho and Matt's 
promos together were definitely entertaining. But yes, I didn't, you know, like it doesn't sit well with me. There's plenty of stuff that's entertaining that has no place in a wrestling uh, product. Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad and the AEW miscellaneous uh, section said that AEW was great last night. Really laughed out loud at the Vince McMahon parody by Brody Lee. P.S. Golden Joe is the best heel in wrestling right now. Joe's not a heel. He's a face. Yeah. If you're wondering what we're talking about, go check out No Rolls Barred. If you listen to this on the exclusively now on the podcast version, go find it in your podcast player of choice. It's a really fun uh, wrestling series that we're currently doing. Uh, Christopher Jazz Katz, uh, who was very, very adamant. He was the one who predicted that the Exalted One was going to be <laughs> Raven. And then when Raven was in the crowd, Super Chat to be like, see, I told you it was Raven. No one believed me. I told you it was Raven. Has said, the Exalted One is still Raven to me, damn it. <laughs> very good. Uh, Matthew Robinson said, uh, love the fight TV broadcast with Cody in the commercial breaks, uh, like all the stuff during the Sammy match going on with Star Trek references. I think he was just mm. doing that through the regular broadcast as well. Um, and Matthew Robinson again says, Jake the Snake has still got it. Great promo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll do uh, Michael Dominguez. Omega joins WWE. Who's the best feud? Same for AJ. Mm. Seth Rollins. Yeah, I was going to say Seth Rollins too. Uh, caution on Gotcha Teens. Uh, boneyard match. First one to get a, you know, an erection. But a boner wins. Yep, Fair or a boneyear as they've written here. Gotcha Teens. Uh, just commented that again. Message twice. <laughs> he really wanted to get that joke in, brother. Uh, and Gazzatola of Rock and Roller can't stay so have a super chat I'm a theatre worker in the private sector and I'm about to have a Skype meeting to discuss exactly how we will be assisting the NHS wow. moving forward stay safe everyone huh. well stay safe to you Gaz wow when when he said theatre worker I thought he meant the dramatics of theatre not the surgery theatre yeah stay safe you too Michael Dominguez mm. Steve Carino challenged TX to a lethal lockdown match and now I get to teach with live stream like y'all kids love it, thanks for making me a better teacher, that's great to hear oh, Michael you're very welcome Noah Fortner, tomorrow is my birthday can I get a happy birthday from the boys PS I hope to become a pledge hammer, thanks for your entertainment during these times, happy birthday Noah happy new year Noah it's, uh, it's your birthday on Sunday isn't it mate it is, it is uh, a very generous pledge from Donovan Stapp. Here's some money. Thanks for the entertainment during these times. Hang in there, guys. You hang in Thank there, Thank you too. all so much. We'll all hang in this together. Thank you all so much. I went to the shops yesterday. Ooh, how was it out there? Well, I had to queue to get in. Um, they weren't allowing, you know, a certain number of people into the supermarket, into my local Sainsbury's. So nice. me and my wife had had to queue outside, and there were signs saying like, you know, stand two meters away from the person in front of you. So there was actually quite a long line of us uh, as we queued and waited to get in. Uh, then we eventually got in, and lo and behold, there was stuff there. It yes, was, there was actual fruit and veg that we could pick up. There was tofu for us to get. The only thing we couldn't really get was pasta and rice still. But we did even manage to get loo roll. Oh, well played. It can get a bit yeah. uh kind of bit desperate when you're out of the loo roll. Yeah, it was you know, we thought it was a bit touch and go for a little while. We weren't really sure what was gonna happen when it all runs out. But uh um, oh, yeah, yeah no, you were running low? What are we talking well, about? We, we had about sort of three to four rolls. You know, and we're only a house mm. of two people, so you know they, they you know they will last us a little while. But also, we don't know how long this is going to be, so it could have been months, and then it would have been a real problem. What you want to do is, you know, common knowledge: toilet roll is two-sided. So what you do, you use one side, you fold it over, and then you put it mm. back on the toilet roll for later. Oh, is that what you do? I, the, I, uh, I'm pretty the sure. Household? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is. <laughs> Definitely good <laughs> hygiene advice. But, and, and everyone's got to follow the hygiene advice right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I'm pretty sure is wash your hands, shake hands with everyone. Um, if you've washed the hands, you can shake hands with as many people as you like. Yeah, I still don't know if that's fully advisable. Um, have you managed to get out of the, the flat yet? Well, I also ventured outside today. I spent the entire day yesterday inside, which which is actually, you know, 
it's actually a 48-hour period uh, mm. if you add this morning and Tuesday afternoon as well. And I don't think Animal Crossing counts as outside no, it time. It should no. do, because I'm putting in I'm putting in the hours. But uh, I, I went to my local co-op because they said on the radio this morning that... It, uh, that they've introduced uh, chevrons. You know, like when you're on the motorway and it says, mm-hmm. keep two chevrons apart? Yes. So, and you're like, oh, okay, I've got to be two arrows on the ground away from the car in front of me. It's that, but for a a, a, a shop. So we wow. went to the co-op. It was, it was stacked, rammed with food. Uh, that I just like seeing the food there. I bought some mushrooms. I didn't need some mushrooms, but I felt <laughs> weird going in just to oh, have a look at the floor no. markings. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm not a panic buyer. Uh, I'm not that person. You know, I'm. I've, me and my wife have been quite restrained. Even when we have gone to shops, uh, sort of prior to the the UK lockdown that we're in, um, where they, you know, people were just sort of panic buying anything. Me and my wife were walking around being like, no, 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 because that's an inconsiderate thing to do. So we don't need, you know, four tins of chickpeas will just get two tins you know that's just a yeah. you know a normal thing to do when i went in there yesterday because there was so much food there i almost went into panic mode and i just almost turned to my wife and was like well while it's here we better get it now otherwise yeah. it might not be here when we come here next week but- i tell you yeah you really want to focus on medical supplies as well that's another big bit of government advice you just want to if you see medicine just buy it be on the just safe buy side all of it. yeah yeah <laughs> There was actually a Tannoy announcement. Shouldn't say Tannoy because that's the brand name. There was a Tannoy announcement um, that said that uh, you know that certain items are limited per customer, so you can yeah. only buy a certain amount of things. Um, sort of the high, the, the the high ticket items, if you will. So like loo roll and medicine and things like that. Um, and apparently that did not uh, continue to beans because there were also no beans there whatsoever. All the beans had gone baked beans, and um, even like the kidney beans were gone. But you have noticed that some foods people won't touch. My favourite pizza is you know, pretty much extinct now in the local co-op. But the vegan pizza, it's fully well, stocked. On that note, when we went there yesterday, because it's my wife's birthday tomorrow, so we're going to have like a... I'm not on the show tomorrow. It's going to be Ollie and Pete doing the podcast tomorrow. Um, we are sort of spending the day together and then on Saturday we were going to have a little pizza party here in the house and so we went to the aisle to get some pizzas there were no plain cheese pizzas but Dear there God. were all the meat there were all the meat ones but no plain cheese ones or none of the vegan ones or the um, gluten free ones there was one gluten free pizza left but all the bloody regular ones or the meat ones stocked to the britches no plain cheese I had to get um I had to get spinach and ricotta. Well that's that's a good shout. That that's a great topping anyway. But yeah, I wonder uh you know how many non-apocalypse vegetarians there are out there. Mm. That there's there's sure you can have a slight gluten intolerance when the world's going swimmingly. But when the <laughs> world is crashing down, you probably could have that bread. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, this is going to be my new hobby. I'm going to find people that have annoyed me on Facebook over the years, complaining of various intolerances, and I'm going to watch them. I'm going to watch them slowly, perfectly drink milk fine. (laughs) Oh, oh, I thought you were, thought you were dairy intolerance there, Lisa. Uh, I've got to say this as well. Something's arriving today that I'm... This is the most prepper thing I've done. Although I had my eye on it pre-apocalypse, and it's also my birthday on Sunday. This is my birthday present to myself. I ordered it on Monday. It is Mm. a hydroponic garden. Bless you. What what is one of those? Well, hydroponics was what uh, weed growers sort of invented and pioneered. And it actually oh, light stuff. Yeah, like that those it actually changed industrial farming. All of that stuff comes from weed growers apparently, <laughs> uh, which is the old UV light in an airing cupboard and being able to grow cannabis uh in in your house really. But a, a lot of smart people realize those same techniques can be applied to industrial farming and there's this company called I think it's called Click and Grow where they've made a smart garden. 
So it's like this mm. two foot wide sort of flower pot tray where I can grow lettuce and Ooh. strawberries and herbs. So yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. This is my little Look apocalypse project. Look at you, green fingers. The man who once told me that he messed up a stir-fry meal because there was no instruction that said stir. And you're now talking about growing your own herbs. I know, I know. Crikey, Jamie Well, it's Oliver. mainly going to be cannabis. Oh, okay. Very right, bored. Yeah, yeah. And Animal Crossing <laughs> is well suited for this this combo. Well, we better get into the show, actually. We, I know, I was about to say, we need to wrap this up because we need to get out of here. As I said, uh, the podcast will be back tomorrow. It's going to be with Ollie and Pete, although you will hear my voice because I'm going to be uh, doing a little phone interview with Rhino, uh, which will be in the middle of the podcast. That'll so cool. enjoy that. Uh, then I believe it's going to be me and Pete on Saturday for the SmackDown review. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.